0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Welcome to this week's episode of Mum and Mama, brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com for all your accountancy needs. This week I was joined by the very lovely Nikki Rettigan, who is the epic life coach. Nikki contacted me on Instagram, a friend of hers had listened to her podcast and recommended to Nikki that she um, get in touch to come on it because Nikki's as you will hear has got a, a story <laughs> of what um, she's been through in her life and what's led her to becoming a life coach and th- it, this is a two-part podcast because we were chatting for like two hours I felt a connection with Nikki it's really nice when you meet people and feel like a strong connection to them because you've either been through similar experiences or have a similar outlook on life so i really really enjoyed our chat and um yeah i hope you do too if this is the first time you're listening then i've got had some wonderful guests on last week i chatted to the lovely rich wilson Um, ...about men's mental health... ...he is the host of Insane in the Membrane... ...I've had my mate Jade on... ...talking about racism in the mental health services... ...and maternal health services... ...I've had the lovely... um, ...model and actress Nina Kate on... ...there's loads of good stuff... ...something for everyone... ...so check out other episodes... ...and I had a very exciting week this week... ...because I got to chat to the very lovely... ...Gail Porter... ...all about her journey through mental health... ...and well life... ...to be honest... I watched her BAFTA winning um, documentary a few days before I did the podcast with her because I hadn't watched it yet and I thought I had to watch it before I spoke to her. And I was kind of anticipating that it would be quite a heavy conversation but it was actually just a really nice chat. Um, I mean obviously we spoke about some serious stuff but yeah it was lovely. She's so lovely. I was lucky enough to meet her a couple of years ago at one of the hardcore listing shows and she's just the nicest person, like generally just really friendly and nice so yeah that was really lovely so yeah so I hope you enjoy this and I'll see you in a bit work that's exciting um today this is you are the first person that has contacted me and was like i want to come on your podcast which is amazing because that's what i want people to do so thank you
3: very much oh you're welcome it was Um, recommended to me
1: one of my friends put me
3: in touch with you and she said because I'd mentioned about going on another podcast um on Facebook in my group and then and she contacted me and she said I listened to this amazing podcast she's really fun she's really nice and she said like maybe you could contact her to go on it because she was asking for people and I was like okay (laughs) I'm always up for chatting oh that's lovely who was it It it's Sadie I don't, oh, I, don't if, know, I, I don't know if I don't know that. if you'll know her, but she sort of knows Antonia Price, your millionaire right. mum. Yeah,
0: yeah, And yeah, I yeah. think
3: that's maybe how she, you know, got to listen to your podcast, yeah. and now she's like a regular listener. She really enjoys oh, it. Oh, that's brilliant. So yeah, oh, that's
0: nice. Oh, it's nice. It's nice if you know someone likes it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it I've been listening since, worthwhile. and I think it's really good.
0: Oh, love. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's funny. One of my mates at the gym that I go to, she's a counsellor. And she said that she was going to recommend it because she's got a few clients that are single parents and she's like, I'm going to recommend it to them. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Reaching out, you know, one by one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, today I'm joined by the lovely Nikki Rettigan.
3: Yes! Who is the
0: epic life coach. Yeah, I am. I mean, nobody can see so, my logo, but it's behind me. Um, oh, that's there you go. great. Oh, that's really nice. my <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, so you sent me a wicked message <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> Even though it wasn't obviously it's not a funny situation, the message just did really make me laugh. But basically you said you've got a, a very good story and it you wanted to share it and uh, so well, <laughs> So tell us about you and how you got to where you are. So where where are you
3: from? Are you from Essex? Yeah, I live in Grays.
0: Oh I went to Grays Convent.
3: Did you really? Oh my I gosh! Did. Yes. Whereabouts did you live? Like
0: in, I you lived in Blackshott, sort of area? Oh right, okay. No, I lived in Basildon, but we. So my parents wanted me to. I think it was quite a good school, mm-hmm. and my options in Basildon weren't as good. Like mm-hmm. I had to do the eleven plus to get oh. in, but it's not a grammar school. But I think it's probably because I was out of the area. I had to do some kind of yeah um, so yeah i used to get the bus
3: every day from oh yeah i was william edwards willie eds oh yeah just down the road 36 i'm 37 next week oh happy
0: birthday thank you my my best friend nicole went to willie eds but we're 43 so i've got got a
3: friend who probably knows her i've got a friend who probably knows her yeah. Oh, it's a small world, isn't it? It is such a small world.
0: <laughs> so, is that, so you know Antonia. Do you know Antonia?
3: Yeah, well... Um, you do. On a very sort of like... um, What's the word? Distant friend. We went out yes. on a night yeah. out to the Sugar Hut when oh, I was lovely. in my early 20s <laughs> because my friend Gemma worked for Antonia. And um, so we went to her house and had pre-drinks and we went to the Sugar Hut. And I remember sort of thinking, wow, she is amazing she's just so herself and she didn't care she's you know like uh, didn't care what anybody thought and at the time I just really aspired to be like that and listening to the podcast I felt proud which is weird to you know say but I really did I really felt like yes girl you really made that happen like well done I really recommend anybody listen to that episode I thought it was really really good
0: I was sure because I didn't I don't know her she's a friend of a friend but I had no idea that she had a kid at 17 no. and then two more and then start and then another one
3: and then started start a, a business no. million
0: pound business like in, I mean it's it's so inspirational yeah definitely it really is to you know if you do well if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to be able to work hard and you know, make things happen. It is it's really, and it's nice that she's a woman, and she was essentially a single mum as well. So yeah. Brilliant. No, I
3: know. <laughs> Go on, Antonia. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're from Grace.
3: So, so, tell us. Tell <laughs> us. Tell us. So. <laughs> tell us everything. Right. Well, I mean, what do you want to know? Like, how? How was it? Like the mum stuff um, that you want to know? Like what happened, or how the kind of coach? Just talk about you. So.
0: Yeah, so what led you to being a coach? What did you want to be, like when you were at school, did you always kind of have
3: an inkling that you wanted to kind of help? But no. (laughs) No. So it's the weird thing for me is that I have transformed so hugely that I really am so different to how I used to be. But I think that inside, obviously, I've always been this person that I am now. But it yeah. was so covered up with everything else, all the fear and worry and anxiety and all the things that I've yeah. been through. And, and I just did, became like not myself. So I yeah. lost myself completely. And that was from quite a young age. I didn't really know who I was or, yeah. you know, and so I wouldn't have even thought. I know I, I wanted to be a vet and because okay, yeah. that's when I where I did my work experience I worked in a vet and then I yeah. I couldn't hack it because I kept crying because obviously it's hard to see the animals yes. in mean, yeah, pain yeah. and that and but I would I don't think I could have ever I would have never had the confidence to be a coach I would have thought no one's gonna listen to me you know no one's gonna want me to tell them what how they should live because or how they you know ways to help them because i'm in such a state myself you know
0: so where did that come were you just very shy and full of doubt when you were younger
3: yeah i think there was just a lot of insecurity because i i did feel shy um but i masked it with being over the top You know, so it would be like I would go really, uh, you get these coping mechanisms. I'd get really crushing anxiety before I started being able to drink. So I started drinking quite early, which helped with that. But like if I was ever in a group, I would be like ground swallow me up, ground swallow me up, ground swallow me up because I was so mortified. So Mm -hmm. then it would be, ha ha, big clown, laughing joke to cover it up. Yeah. And it's n- neither one's like healthy, but obviously, as a teenager, I didn't really know what was going on. I was just yeah. doing what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah, it's taken me a really, really long time to sort of iron out all of these kinks in my. Where do you think the
0: insecurity came from? Were you self conscious or.
3: I think as a child, like as a young child, um, I was very confident and um, I was always like, this is what my mum and dad say, so obviously this is like pre-seven years old or whatever and I was really a bit like I am now, I'm proud to say, you know, like outgoing, friendly, you know, don't worry about anything and uh, I like doing what I like doing, you know, and it's all very fun and that's kind of what I was like when I was really young and then i got diagnosed with scoliosis when i was about 5 oh, wow. yeah and that i think has had like a huge impact on me and yeah. i i didn't really recognize it until much 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 later how much it had shaped yeah. me physically and emotionally shaped me yeah. as a as a person so i think i just got weaker and weaker um it emotionally mentally you know my co yeah. I, and I, I lived in fear because I was like inevitably I'm going to have to have this massive operation and I don't know when it's going to be I don't know exactly what it entails so I was too young to sort of acknowledge yeah. that to understand it but as soon as I was diagnosed it was like this stream of um, weird physical events I got hit by a car I had my appendix out. I smashed my knee up. I fell down the stairs and broke my arm. I broke my wrist. Like all these things kept happening, and I think now being a coach and understanding how people's mental patterns work and your beliefs, um, I can see a real pattern with me. You know, I was a really healthy little girl. There was nothing wrong with me, and then all of a sudden, it was very much like a switch went and. Yeah. Um, as you know, since then I've had some serious physical issues and the coaching came about because I wanted to put a stop to it. Whatever I was doing, I was like, I can't yeah. keep thinking this way, creating these really serious yeah. physical problems, yeah. you know? So I think that's probably where the insecurity stemmed from. So with the scoliosis, what hap- what operation did you have to have and how
0: old were you when that all happened
3: so my first one it was a spinal fusion and that didn't correct the scoliosis but that was the first spinal surgery I had and I was 11 when I had that done and basically it's like the vertebrae had slipped out rather than having a slip disc so they've used bone to fuse it to the vertebrae above and below so it doesn't slip out anymore and break your spinal cord so I had that done And then when I was 12, it was a five-hour surgery to have a metal rod put in and my spine bound to it so that it would straighten me up somewhat. Um, Wow. Yeah, and it was like, um, it was really traumatic. But at the time, it was kind of like my family were really good very like, you're alright, and gave me like that positive, you know, Um, you're going to be fine. Oh, she's fine, she's fine. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, I think we didn't really have the tools. My parents didn't have the tools to understand the depths of the impact that something like that will have on a teenager. And yes, I yeah. just was like, you know, I'm just going to smile and get on with it. And I had this plaster cast over my whole body for six weeks and... Wow. You know, it was um, pretty intense. And, uh, you know, I think I just became very sort of like I, I wanted to hide. I felt yeah. ashamed of my body because I remember looking at it after I'd had the surgery and going, I'm not straight. Like, I'm still really crooked. I'm still twisted and I don't yeah. look right. And is this is the best I'm ever going to look. And I was really disappointed. Yeah. And so oh, it was like, right, oh, cover up, um, hide. And, yeah, I yeah. felt like I didn't really want to be seen anymore. Um,
0: yeah, that's such a hard age as well, isn't it? Because yeah. everything's developing. You do become really self-conscious, don't you? Yeah,
3: so well, I'd started to get oh, boobs just cool. before. And then they put yeah. the cast on me. And I'd, I'd gone down to five and a half stone. But I'm the, I was the same height as I am now. I haven't grown wow. since. They, oh, wow. I went in at five foot. I came out at five foot two. They gave me two inches, straightening me up, and I've been five foot two ever since. I couldn't, grow, I didn't grow any more, and wow. my boobs were like so squashed into this little cast. And then, obviously, as I'm putting a bit of weight on over the six weeks, because I lost a lot in hospital, yeah. I'm like trapped in this cast. And they had to open it so that I could breathe properly. I was getting these shooting pains one of my ribs oh. had kind of come out through the skin of my back. So that was like another thing that had <laughs> <laughs> to drink. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I can see you're like, oh, no. it's not. Oh, but it's just, I feel, it's
0: just so horrible, not it? Yeah, it was
3: not the best. Oh, it, it was, it smelled as well, like, because it was like rotten flesh. I was like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, so my bones have been squashed in. I've got a smelly hunchback. I like the ginger hair I'm five and a half stone and it's not going well for me oh, God. so like obviously it was not my best time yeah. and it just ended up lasting for a really long time because I didn't really know how to get myself out of that because nothing changed yeah. like I was like well I'm still I still I felt all through my 20s, I still felt like that little 12-year-old girl, you know. Yeah, I never wanted yeah. to be called a woman. I really hated that. Really? I really hated that. I hated it. I remember a girl um, referred to me as the lady when I was about 20. She went, go and to her daughter, go and ask the lady. And I, I physically was like, oh, I don't like that at all. It was like I was Why? trapped. I don't know. I think it was, I just didn't connect to my body. I yeah. I didn't connect to my body at all. I didn't want to be to consider myself as as a woman. I wanted to still be pre-operation, pre-trauma when I was free, yeah. when I was young and happy, and and I didn't have all of this to carry. Yeah, you know, and wow. it, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like how out. But it's so it's amazing how you recognise this. Oh my gosh, it's taken me such a long time to work it all out. Yeah. <laughs> Such a long time wow. to work it all out. I'm still working it out now. I'm still finding out things yeah. all the time that I'm yeah. like, what? I didn't know I thought that. Or but yeah. I love it. I like unpeeling the layers because that's it yes. is very freeing. Um Yeah. It is. We put ourselves into these cages of all of the things that we've sort of accumulated, all of the you know the bars that get put in over time and it's like slowly taking them away so that you can actually breathe and you can come out and be like this is who I was meant to be not all of that I'm not a creature I'm not a freak you know I'm acceptable but that's what I
0: love about counselling is just finding out why you think the way you think and I just find it absolutely fascinating yeah I do I
3: do I'm such a uh, I'm like a student of people. Every yeah. person, you're probably the same, which is why you love doing the podcast. I'd be the same. Like, I love knowing about everybody. Everyone is fascinating yeah. to me. Everyone has yeah. got, a, everyone's got an amazing story that like, should never yep. put anybody in like, a, oh, they're boring. They've got nothing to offer. If they've been alive yeah. for like 18 years, they've got a story and I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, so you had so, obviously, so you had the surgery, then you've gone through all that, so what so being a teenager must have been very hard,
3: yeah, it was hard i I actually um I don't think I've ever really spoken about this, but it's not like I was hiding it, probably for like a few years, I was hiding it because I didn't want like my mum to think badly of me, but I did yeah. used to drink quite a lot when I was a teenager, looking back, yeah, um I would often go and get very very drunk over the field with my friends and it was par for the course you know you're from Basildon I'm from Grace it's all good we go over the park with our mates and we drink white lightning and we get out of our faces it's like two liters of white lightning spin around and you know but when I think back on my teenage years I kind of it's like very hazy because I think there was a lot more of that going on than it wasn't just for fun yeah. I think it was like it was numbing me a little bit and it it, it was helping me to cope. Did you do it cope. on your own? I didn't, but I um I just used to go out a lot. It was like every opportunity that yeah. it was socially acceptable because then I could I could manage that guilt.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cuz
3: guilt's yes. never sat well with me ever. I I really detest feeling guilty. And yeah. I would do everything to avoid it. I think it's a really poisonous emotion to feel. And so that, for me, it was like, if I'm going to a party or going out with a friend or if I'm with anybody, so I'd surround myself with this group that would always suggest, should we should we get some drink? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, why not? And so yeah. it was like, well, it's not me. It's all, they're all doing it. But yeah. I think I was using it as, like, a coping mechanism a little bit. It's not like yeah. I... I just think looking back now, I can see that that was probably what I was doing. I was like escaping a little bit from how I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. So did that then turn into carrying that on into your adult years? So my mum and dad kind of put a stop to that for me, and I was crying out for it, if I'm honest, because a couple of times we'd got ourselves, our group, I was always like going, oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. But there were some, you know, cheeky people in my group. And we would get ourselves yeah. into a bit of trouble. My mum and dad were like, this isn't acceptable. Um, yeah. You also come in before dark and stay in with me. And I remember thinking, thank God. Like, yeah, thank you. Because I didn't like it's weird you know like I didn't like going out and doing what they were doing I never fit in fully with them I didn't smoke yeah. I wasn't interested in drugs you know I wasn't I didn't want to hurt anyone I didn't want anything to be yes. damaged nothing like that yeah, yeah, and yet yeah, there yeah. was a real extreme um, there was a big group and there was you know people in it that weren't as, as anywhere near on the same moral compass as me so it made me yes, very uncomfortable yeah, yeah. But still, it was a way to escape, and that felt almost like a compulsion for me, like I need to get out of this feeling, and so that's what drove me, but my mum and dad were like, no, you're not to do that anymore, and so I've straightened up a little bit, and it's not like I was ever off the rails, like it's, you know, everybody knows I was a good girl, but still for me, I think that was a path I could have easily slipped down if I hadn't had a mum and dad who were a lot more, you know, if they'd have been less you know, concerned. Yeah. yeah. So I did all my exams and everything else. But I into my 20s, I still used to go out and, you know, drink a lot and get myself into a bit of a state where I'd be quite drunk. Like, whenever I'd drink, I'd always yep. be quite drunk so that then I could feel... Yep. I could be free because I got known yeah. to be this girl, this party girl. Like, not someone that goes out all the time, but when I was out, I was like the Juracell bunny and I'd be on the podium having a great time living my best life yeah and but I couldn't do that without a drink yeah because that's when all the doubt would come in if you shouldn't be wearing this you shouldn't even be here people are looking at you people are judging you but drinking got all of that went away And I felt like I can just be me now. And I loved it because, honestly, my girls' holidays like or nights out when we would just be wild and have fun and really chat to anybody and be so friendly and free, but that's what drinking used to give me. And I think that that is quite common with a lot of people. It's like, I was really nervous. I had a couple of drinks beforehand. And that's such a standard thing to say but part of me is like, I wish for you that you didn't feel that way, that you felt that you looked absolutely stunning and that you had yeah. no, nothing to fear like, and you could just go out and you didn't need that. It's okay if you want yeah. to, I'm not judging that, but if, if, you, if you feel yeah. you need to, then that's where I, I feel for people because I think there's some pain there and I, I don't like people to yeah. be in pain.
0: I think that's so ingrained in our culture,
3: though, and it is so
0: common. Like, I I stopped drinking a couple of years ago, and it's hard for a lot of people to get their head round. Like, how do you go out and enjoy yourself if you're not drunk? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how can you go to a club if you're not drunk? Oh, I definitely
3: could now. I definitely could. I feel like I'm in a club sometimes when I'm doing a Facebook Live. I put this really cool filter on (laughs) earlier, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) woo! I, I think it's how you feel with yourself. It totally is. You no, know? yeah, because I do. Not that confidence. When I think back of how that like that excitement, I've always had this real core um, part of me that's just full of excitement, like a child. Um, yeah. You know, like when you, I was using this example the other day that like when you walk into the fair and you can see it in front of you and you're just your whole body's like, oh, I can't wait to get yeah. on a ride like that. I, I get that often in life. But I used to need drink to let it out because I would hold back. Whereas now, I don't have that fear. I don't hold myself back. So often I'm like, like before this... I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to do the podcast. I'm going to shave my legs and do my hair and do my makeup." And I got really excited about it. Like, it's fun, you know. But it's it's you know, so a lot of people they wouldn't feel confident, and their ego takes over and starts going, "What are you going to say? What are you, you know, you're going to do it wrong? What if your earphones don't work?" And it's like, no, don't. Yep. I'll just drink that away. So it shuts up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. But there are yeah. other ways. There are other ways of getting rid of it because I didn't. I didn't drink mine away, but um, it's gone now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think. It, and I think it's being older as well. As you get older, you do get more confident, don't you? Yeah. More self assured. Yeah. Definitely. And also, I think having children. You know. Sorry, I'm just going to let my cat out. He starts <laughs> start clawing the window. It
2: drives me mad. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs>
0: he's like a dog um yeah I think being a mum when I became a mum I stopped worrying I didn't have time to worry about what other people thought of me yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: and then I kind of then I stopped caring Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I really like being older because I don't care because I was always really uh self-conscious and insecure and you know and I was always thinking oh my god I'm shit and Mm. worrying what everyone else thought but Mm. now I just I couldn't give a toss what anyone else thought. Yeah. And I wish that I was like that in my
2: 20s.
3: Yeah, no, sign. You know, this is why I, 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 I kind of, of like, um, I like coaching. I've got a girl who's 23. She just turned 23. And I love coaching her because I say to her, like, if I'd have had the advice that I'm giving you when I was 23, I would have been such a different person. Yeah. I really do, like, promote it for young people before they get into a marriage, before they have kids. You know, yeah. get your... Get the kinks out of the hose beforehand, because the last thing you want to do is going to parenthood with all that mess. Because trust me, it's not great. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, so, very hard. Yeah. So
0: what? So what's your parenthood story then? So what? What did you? What did you work as?
3: I was working uh, for a bank, um, right? Doing at the time, I, th- I was doing like resourcing work for uh, the digital sector so i would help like um the hiring and the contract extensions and stuff like that that was when i i was pregnant when i was doing that job right okay um and i was a contractor are you been in a long-term relationship (sighs) not long term so (laughs) we we i got pregnant about between two and three months into my relationship Right, yeah. So we weren't trying. Were you? I was 30, 30 when I got pregnant. Okay. Yeah, 30. So yeah. it was um, not, not planned, obviously. Yep. And it was just one of those things. We weren't expecting that to be the case. But yeah. when I told him, we were both over the moon. Like, both of us were Aww. over the moon. So, so happy. Um, and I was really excited to tell him because I knew he would be over the moon as well. Like, I knew he'd be thrilled. Yeah. Because it was very much like we we met and then straight away we were, like, just together yeah. fully. There was no, yeah. oh, we're just going to see other... But, you know, like, we were just, like, vroom, like that. Yeah. Looking back and knowing what I know now as a coach and as, like, a studier of myself <laughs> i realize that when you've got a really really strong intention like something that you desperately want like a goal and yes. it's what you keep focusing on and focusing on and focusing on you can manifest it you make it happen and yep. i believe that i desperately wanted a baby and he yep. desperately wanted a baby and so we came together and we gave each yeah. other exactly what we wanted because we saw it in each other. And I believe on our first yeah. date, it was like, how many kids do you want? I want to have four. How soon do you want to wait? And I was like, oh, I mean, it's daft. I'm like, yeah. oh, he's my dream man. <laughs> like, no, this, you, know, you need to put a little bit more thought into this, but it, we are where we are and I wouldn't change it for the world because yes. we both got yeah. the best outcome ever. We both adore our daughter absolutely love her to bits but unfortunately there was um a bit of a journey between the two of us because we did not get to know each other before we you know and you cannot it is not advisable do not have a baby with a stranger it's not ever gonna be it's hard enough having
0: a baby with someone you've known for 10 years because you don't know what you're going to be like as a parent no. until you have a baby. No. You've, got, no, you've got all the best intentions in the world. Actually, when you're faced with no sleep, depending on what kind of baby you have, whether it's you know if it's up all night crying, like you don't know how you're going to be, and also your hormones affect mm-hmm. you a lot, don't they? Mm-hmm. So I hated my ex for the last no- for the first nine months mm. of having a baby, and we've been together. I want to say six years before we had the kid thought we had Lola so it's when you know someone it's hard enough let alone when you've only been with someone for five minutes like that is such a lot
3: of a lot of pressure Mm. and I think I think I kind of felt that but I just I put it to the back of my mind because as soon as I found out I was pregnant uh, we were both like we didn't talk about it but it was like we're all in we were both all in but I had this fear that I wasn't acknowledging because I had like a night terror I think I had a couple, and I would wake up screaming in the night and, like, try and fight him, like, push him away from me, like, going, I don't know who you are, I don't know who you are. And um, he'd be like, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I was like, and, and then I'd come round and go, oh, I, felt, I thought you was a stranger, like, attacking me. Like, I mean, come on now. Wow. What is your mind <laughs> telling you, like? That wow. I obviously had this deep fear but yeah. I was already fully committed to making it work, you know. And yeah, yeah. Um, but there was, you know, yes. I, I know better now than to, than to ignore what this what your body's trying to tell you, what your emotions are trying to tell you, yeah. you know. But we do, we just plough through. And at that point, I really didn't have yeah. a choice. And it's not like I was even consciously struggling. I was. It was so pushed down. This is what we're doing, and so yeah. we yeah. carried on. And it was okay, it was fine. Like We we got on really well, we bought a house and we moved in five days before she was born. So wow. I was out in the garden trying to like get the garden sorted while I was having contractions. Oh, and then carrying on <laughs> snipping the bushes. i like, gonna well, get the washing machine in before she comes. <laughs> Quickly get that done. Um, yeah, and then had her on the 11th of September 2015. And yeah. proud moment for me as well because I... I was told I wouldn't be able to necessarily have a natural birth because of all the problems I'd had with my spine and I'd always kept myself really fit and obviously I've been doing a lot of pole dancing I say obviously because I'm assuming you had a look on my Instagram and you saw my pictures but I don't know if you did I didn't
0: actually yeah no I wasn't sure
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because that's another weird one like I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit but um I'd been doing a lot of pole dancing because just before I got pregnant, I'd come second in a competition in Blackpool. And so I was really fit, really like strong. And so I really resented being told I wouldn't be allowed to have a natural birth. I was like, I can, I'm sure that I can do it. They went, well, we're not sure because of your fusion and you know, whatever else. And I was like, well, can I speak to somebody who will be able to say whether or not they think I can do it? So... I went yeah. and spoke to a fracture and trauma consultant and he spoke to me for a while and he said, like, Are you, have you had any pain during your pregnancy? I was like, no, I'm still exercising. You know, I'm really looking after myself. I feel like I'm strong enough to do this. Because the only other option was to have general anaesthetic and be put out. Because they couldn't inject my spine because of the metal work. And I only had three available vertebrae in the middle. So it was too dodgy. Oh
2: yeah, wow.
3: Yeah, so I was like, I don't want to be asleep when she's born, you know. Like, I, I've i been so excited about this. I want to be awake and experience yeah, it. Yeah, I imagine that would be Even though you know you're having the baby, to just
0: go from, oh, I'm in labour to waking up and you've got a baby, like, yeah. there's
3: no... Yeah, and I'm sure, like, there's different you know... things for... I mean, my sister, she's um, she's pregnant and she's due to have her third cesarean and she's like, if they can just put me out... And then give me the baby after, that will be fine. (laughs) I do not need to see it born. (laughs) She hates the caesareans, bless her. So, um, you know, there's always different opinions on it for me personally. I'm like, oh no, I really, I don't want that. I felt, again, it's like another choice that's being taken away from me. And another operation that I don't want to have to have. I don't want to have to have that. So I got very, I was very determined. And he said... The consultant was like, yeah, I think you can do it. And so he signed off on it. So I actually managed to push her out naturally. Um, wow. Just a little bit of gas and air. It took me an hour and 20 minutes because she had to go around an extra bend. So I was pushing for an hour and 20 minutes because my hips, you know, like normally they have to kind of go up and under a little yes. bit yeah, so mine's yeah. like up under and to the side because my hips are so okay. my pelvis is so twisted yeah yeah so it was a bit so she went she keeps coming down and getting sort of sucked back on. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Come on! <laughs> but um yeah so she was she was born naturally and um oh. it was amazing and then it was very soon after that that things started to turn a bit sour between me and her dad right and it's a horrible thing to say, and it was a hard thing for me to fathom for a long time, but this is just the truth, I, what I think. And yeah. I believe that because we both had that intention of, I want the baby, I want the baby, Yeah. I felt like he, as soon as the baby was born, it was like I was no longer necessary. Yes, yep. And so he became very, um, obsessive about our daughter and he started to treat me in a very different way to what he had done before. And, you know, it was really, really hard because I felt very vulnerable, very hormonal. Yeah. And, um, it... Did you feel like he, did he
0: change? But did you feel a change in, like, he became a different person? Yeah,
3: so he, like, totally doted on me during pregnancy. Like, would walk along holding my hand, make sure that I wouldn't, like, hurt myself on the cobbled, you know, streets and things yeah, like that, yeah. you know. like. And he was very, like, bringing home little baby clothes and really doting. Um, but as soon, like, as I say, as soon as um, I had her, it was like my feelings no longer sort of mattered. And he would sort of do things that I thought were really harsh, but it wasn't necessarily... I don't I don't think... He's not a bad guy. He really isn't a bad guy. And yeah. I always feel very, like, horrible saying things about him because he is yeah. a great dad and he's there for Paige 100%. But yeah. being honest, you know, like, six weeks after I'd had her, he told me he was going out with some friends and then it turned out he'd gone into a strip club. I don't mind... You know that if you're going to be honest about it, but because I felt so fragile, I was really sort of that hurt my feelings quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sort of, I think it was ten weeks after um, I'd had her, he'd gone out on a night out. Well, he went out on a night out when she was a week old, you know, and he came back the next day, and, and you know, it was. I was like, okay, he's gone, <laughs> he's just gone. Yeah. You know, my oh, sister had to come and yeah. yeah, my sister had to come yeah. and stay with me to. To help me with her because I was still finding my feet with it all. And um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so it was like <laughs> straight away I went, Oh okay, well yeah, no, that's okay. And then it was like the strip yeah. like, Oh, oh okay, well, you know, I, I feel like a big fat sweaty mess. Um yeah, sure yeah. you enjoyed yourself, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. you know, it so the ten weeks later he'd gone out again and come home and I'd gone down to feed to get the bottle ready for Paige at about four in the morning. And yeah. I saw his phone go off, and there was, like, a missed call from a girl's phone number. And so, obviously, the logical thing for me to do is to go into his phone and start messaging her, pretending to be him. Yeah. Again, I'm not condoning this behaviour now. It's not how I would, you know, deal with it, but this yes. is just what I did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'm sat there with my newborn baby in one arm and I'm messaging her with spelling mistakes and everything to make sure she knows it's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best dig I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just being on, He's dyslexic, but bless his heart. <laughs> I had to be putting all commas and like apostrophes in. I had to take all that out, all the grammar. But um, so I'm messaging, and I'm thinking, I'm finding out things I didn't want to find out. Like he didn't. He, you he never find anything. No, good. you when don't. You snoop,
0: no, you never find
3: anything good. No, I back. should have taken the but phone up and spoken to why. him. You know, I yeah. should have
0: took the phone up and said, "Why is this but girl?" But then at
3: least you know. Yeah. At least you know. Yeah. yeah. You I, know, I don't rather think. Than... I don't think that the way that it ended up was, was you know, I think that I definitely, I, I, kn- I knew in my heart of hearts, if I, if, in, in my gut, I knew that there was something not right. If I was being yeah. completely honest, we always know. Yeah. We yes. always know. Yes. We don't need to go through the phone. We don't need yeah. to do that. That's just adding yeah. fuel to your own fire. It's going to give you pain and you don't deserve yes. that pain. Yeah, so don't do that. I know yeah. that now. I know that now, and I learned that the hard way, or the very yeah. hard way. So there's me mes- merrily messaging this um, girl. I think believe she was 22, um, and he's uh, and I actually oh. call me a mug if you if you if you want to. But this again is just what I truly believe. I don't think he cheated, I don't think he physically cheated on me ever yeah I don't think he ever did yeah, yeah. he's told me he didn't and and I know the difference in what he says, and I don't believe yes. that he did but yeah yeah, yeah yeah there was some flirtation going on, and he was yeah. leading her up the garden path, and they had had a a physical thing before he met me. Okay, yeah. So, you know, that's something that probably shouldn't have carried on and they shouldn't have been arranging to meet for a drink or whatever it was that they were doing. Um, But I think that he was just enjoying the attention because probably I was giving Paige attention and he was like, what about me? Um, and, And feeling like he wanted an ego boost. Yeah. And so that came out of the conversation until I took a selfie of me and Paige and sent it to her and she blocked me on everything. Except Instagram because I found her and I liked a picture of her and her boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> we are why we such cyber no. on No, no, I did it on purpose because I was like, if you you you've got you've got your own relationship, what are you doing, missus? Oh, what then? Yeah, she had the this yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, honestly, it's
0: not why people.
3: It's even embarrassing for me to go, oh. to talk about it now because it feels so petty and like nothing that I would ever be involved in now. But you've just had a baby. Yeah. You're sitting there, like you said, you're sitting there with your newborn
0: baby at four o'clock in the fucking morning. He's been out on the piss three times since you've had her. <laughs> and he's getting a messy vocal. Of course you're going to feel like that. And of course yeah. you're going to react yeah. like that. You know, I, I don't think you should feel embarrassed because I think it's completely understandable. I mean, obviously I know it's not what you would do if you... If you were in your right mind, yeah, Yeah, definitely. but I think it's completely understandable that you did, and it's like, it's... I was definitely at my most
3: sort of fragile at that point. So I went in and confronted him about it, but obviously that probably wasn't the best idea, because as you say, he'd been out drinking, it was early morning, and he started to sort of blame it on me. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: And I got very upset. (laughs) um, And we ended up having a bit of a large argument and the baby was just on the bed and we had um a massive argument and I put my jacket on because I needed to get out of there because my heart was racing and and everything had sunk because I'd never experienced a feeling like that before a feeling so let down and so shocked because he had been so good to me and so loving towards me Uh, Like, we were going to get married, you know, we were going to have more kids. And it was all really exciting. I thought I found Prince Charming, that everything was going to work out perfectly. It sounds funny to me now, but then that's how I felt. So I was looking at my daughter and I'm thinking, like, is this, are we not good enough? Is this not enough? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I went to leave and he grabbed my arm and I turned around and I hit him. And, like, basically attacked him like a wild animal. Like, all that pain and all that hurt just came flying out of me. And... He was saying, Our baby, our baby, our baby, like that, and I couldn't stop. Um yeah. I mean I'm five foot two and eight stone. Like there was only so much damage that I was gonna do, but it wasn't the right thing to do, you shouldn't attack somebody. Yeah. Um and so I think that it was a mixture of the drink and shock and also he's got a little bit of like a narcissistic tendency, he doesn't really appreciate people, you know. Putting him down, you know, attack coming for him. It's like, how dare you? Yeah. And that is yeah. what he said. He was like, how, how fucking dare you? Like, um, yeah. and he called the police. And right. So I'm sitting there with the baby. I've kind of like just sunk into this, into shock. I've gone yeah. into shock. And I was holding her, and he was on the phone ranting and raving at the police, and, and he was trying to give them the details, but he, and he couldn't remember like my date of birth, so I was, I was like 19th of the 5th, 84, like, answering the questions for him to be on the phone to the police. To, and, um, yeah, so they turned up, and we were having our bifolding doors done at the same time, so we had people in the house while this was all, while the police turned up, and it was just... Oh. so unbelievable. Like, I've never, yeah. ever... I know that there are some people who are used to having, you know, the police around or being involved yeah, in the police. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, I've been in a cell a few times. No, not me. Not me. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 That's not something I'm used to. And so this lovely couple of police people came in and, and one guy was especially really nice and he could see, like, what had gone on, basically. Yeah. And he sort of said to him you know you need to stay out here and because he was still sort of pacing and ranting and raving and I'd said like I went is this going to go on my record because if it does then I'm not going to be able to get my job back as a contractor and that was when um his page's dad really got upset and started saying you can't take her that's our livelihood because I was like you know earning fairly well at the time it right. was. It's not a good reflection on him. Uh, I think both of us were really at a low ebb at that point. This yes. isn't, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this isn't a reflection yeah. on, on on how horrendous he is. It was just a bad yeah, yeah, moment that. for us both. Yeah. But um, so I got. Ta- I had to go and make up some bottles for Paige so that she wasn't left, you know, without anything to drink. And I got taken in and processed. They took you in. Yeah, because it's um a dom- it's domestic violence. And in a domestic dispute, whoever the claim is made against, with often they'll get there and the wife's covering the eye going, oh no, it was an accident, I fell down yeah, the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, have yeah, yeah. to take that person in. So I got, I got taken in and, and processed And I was in a cell uh, for nine hours and I had to wee in front of a camera. <laughs> It was like, what is my life? I can't believe this is happening, and I was literally I had a breakdown in that in the cell, like a full yeah. um, breakdown. Uh, I was never I, I I wasn't the same since after that for years. I was not the same. It yeah. shook me to the core because I went in there thinking I didn't know at this point whether. Um this relationship with the person he'd been texting was a relationship or not. I found yeah. out later that it was, so I thought he might be got a new girlfriend and yeah yeah uh so that 's all gone and now I might have lost my job yeah. as well and yeah yeah, um, my baby isn 't with me, and that was the hardest part yeah. i didn 't care about yeah, anything yeah, else yeah, really yeah, yeah. i i nearly i nearly threw up like I was pulling my yeah. own hair yeah. out, yeah. and yeah. And they were like, I know, I understand that your baby is 10 months old. I was like, weeks, she's 10 weeks old, she's two months old. Let me phone, I need to phone. They gave me two phone calls because I was hysterical. Yeah. Um, but I got um, some really good advice from the police guy. He said to me in the car, he went, can I give you some advice? I was like, yeah. And I was just like zoning out, like, and he went, take the legal advice. And I'm really pleased that he told me that because she was really helpful And actually, I, being as honest and open as I am, could have got myself into more trouble by telling the whole ins and outs of the story, thinking, I didn't really do anything wrong. Well, yeah, you did. Um, yeah. But she was just like, no comment, no comment, no comment. And I was like, okay. And yeah. they really do trigger you as well in there. They ask you some really hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in, in between tears, you know, like no comment. Obviously, he didn't want to press charges because by then he's realised what he's done and he's yeah. thinking, oh yeah, my yeah, God, and yeah, think, yeah. feeling awful. like. And um, yeah, after that, it was um, very, very difficult to build back up from there. And yet, yeah. we did still try. We did still try. Yeah. Um, it's... it. I just want to say
0: a couple of things. Like, it's it's good what happened because, obviously, if it was the other way round, that would have been the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact... Because you're a woman and he's a man,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking, well, that's a bit off. But, of course, women can hurt men as much as... Yeah. You know. And I hate that that's in me to think that. Mm. Um it's a really hard one because obviously you're in a, you are in a new relationship and you've found evidence of him being unfaithful. No matter whether they're having a relationship, he's still sending the, he's still having the conversation. But mm-hmm. like that's, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'm sure he would have been extremely upset about that, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just trying to think like if, if, if it had been the other way round, and you'd said we tried to build stuff back up, I would have been like, what, you can't, you can't, once they've hit you, that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's weird how you think of it differently, because, like, I can understand your reaction. I don't agree mm. with it, because obviously I'd, I'd never condone violence, but I can understand if you lost it and lashed out, because you've just had a baby, mm. and you've discovered this, and I can understand that anger and,
3: you know... Mm i would never been. But I've never done that before. It's so out of character yeah, for me, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, I yeah. remember feeling like the, uh, like a complete red mist came over me, and I couldn't. I, there was no other. And I think if he'd have let me go, it would have been. You know, I would have walked away. But yes. because he grabbed yeah, yeah, me yeah. and and didn't yeah. let me go, I. It's like that's when I lost it. But again, as you yeah. say, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Yes. And I certainly regret ever lashing out and um, yeah. Yeah. being physical with him. But, um, yeah. you know, and I got, I, I, I definitely was more than punished for what yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, it was um, the worst experience of my life. being in there
0: but when you said being separated from the baby like i I, I feel that you know i I don't i couldn't i would have had a fucking meltdown i did so what when you went home how was he did he want to sort things
3: out oh he was heartbroken he He was heartbroken he was like um he didn't know what i was gonna feel and we just sort of were both crying our eyes out like couldn't believe that he had got to that point yeah. But unfortunately, when you sever something so deeply, it's extremely hard to come back from it unless yeah. you're both willing to do the work that's involved. And yeah. I yeah. was sort of left with the impression or actually, no, it's I keep trying to sugarcoat it because I don't like to make him look bad because I always am conscious that one day yeah. Paige might listen to this that's my yes, only thing yes. I don't care about anything else
2: yeah, so yeah, I'm like yeah. I don't
3: want her she loves her daddy as well she should yeah so it's yeah. hard it's like I really try and protect but he basically told me that if I kept bringing it up that he would leave so I had to squash it and so it was like I couldn't experience how i was feeling i couldn't felt like I couldn't talk to him about it anymore or yeah. deal deal with my insecurity because this girl was a girl from his work, and then he would go to work and I'd be like, you know like I couldn't say what I was thinking or feeling about like and he'd say oh I'm, I don't see her anymore you know he's've oh, been
0: oh, what, so." You couldn't talk about the relationship, not what happened between the incident between you two. You couldn't talk about his infidelity anymore.
3: Oh, no. So he said, like, we've completely separated. Like, she's, we're not talking anymore at all. You know, she's going to be, she's in a different office thing now and all this. So, but I, it was like I felt like I couldn't, if, if I spoke about it or if I said, you know, oh, have you spoken to her or what's happening or, you know, anything like that. I just wanted some reassurance, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it was like we can't speak about it ever again. It's like it never happened. Um, otherwise, it's all going to go tits up, basically, and it's going to cause us to argue. And I was like, right. So it's it just got trapped in my body. Like, I didn't really know what to do but with it that always feeling. Comes
0: out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's got come out, hasn't it? Yeah. So you either deal with it at the time, and just, you get your reassurance and whatever, or you don't, and then it just explodes later.
3: Yeah, That's... and I think it was too painful for him to keep dredging it back up, but you have to do that if you're yes, serious yes. about healing a wound. And right. I didn't know that at the time, either otherwise I would have pushed for it. I just thought, well, maybe it is better if we just you know, move on from it and try and put it in our past. We've got the baby to focus on, you know, and she needs to be our main focus. But then, you know, it, it didn't really go that well after that. You know, like a couple of months later, there was another text from a different girl, and then there was, like, a couple of months later, he was caught chatting to another girl who was with a friend of mine, and she actually told... A load of people in my friendship group about it, and then I had to go to her house and speak to her about it and was ask. Was she her, aware
0: that you were together? Oh yeah,
3: yeah, we were all out for my birthday. Um, so it was, you know, and again, it was like he's always like very much. Oh no, that was it was innocent. It was innocent, but she sort of said, well. I know that he's with Nikki and it made me feel quite uncomfortable. And it was like asking right, for my number right. or whatever else, you know. So, but it was always yeah. for a different, and it was always when he had a drink and he was obviously feeling insecure or feeling like he wanted an ego boost. And, and it's, it, it, you know, people can say, Oh, that's horrendous. How could you do that? But there's so many people out there who have that real urge for reassurance or, Am I still good enough? You know, do people still like me? And so they test the boundaries and they flirt to the extent where, so that their ego can get that boost. And I think that's yeah. what he was trying to do. But it was, it was to the detriment of me and my mental health because I was yep. so painfully loyal and yep. I was able to hide the first two. Like, I didn't even tell my friends that I'd been arrested. Yeah, I was supposed to be going out for the first time to wet the baby's head. That night when I was arrested and I said, I can't come. And they all went out without me. And my sister knew and she had to go and pretend and be all happy, smiley when she knew that everything had fallen apart. Yeah. And then the next one I kind of squashed and didn't tell anybody about that. And then after that, it was like all of my friends knew before I did and I felt this sort of crushing embarrassment and humiliation. And... So it was like then that I thought I can't keep pretending that this isn't happening because I yeah. know that he loves me and I love him, but he's, we're, we, we are both so flawed as people. Yeah. Like he's got this narcissistic tendency where he likes the ego boosts, and I've got this codependency where I'm, I'm not a person unless I'm with him. So yeah. it's yeah. really toxic. And yeah. and everybody, there's so many people that are in this pattern where you've got the sad yeah. woman or man who are crushed looking on as their narcissistic partner's facing out and go, being like the peacock and going, look yeah. everybody, look at me. And it's yeah, so yeah. common. And I was yeah, in this loop, yeah. I was in this painful loop and I remember thinking to myself, I love my daughter so much that I am willing to go through hell to... Stop her from ever learning these patterns herself, yeah. Yep, I absolutely refuse to allow this to happen, and yeah. we did go through hell after that.
0: Dun dun dun. Sorry to leave you on a proper cliffhanger, but I had to cut it into two episodes because it was like, as I said, it's like nearly two hours long, and um. And I thought that was a really good place to stop because hopefully you will be back next week to find out all about the rest of the story and believe me, there's um there's a lot more to come. But yeah, I hope I hope you enjoyed that. I was very appreciative of how honest and open Nikki was for talking about what she'd been through and the nasty incident and uh, yeah, it made me question my myself with regards to what happened. Um but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's nice to talk and question yourself i think but yeah i hope you enjoyed it and if you want to find her the epic life coach i'll post links obviously um but join her facebook group it's good it's nice it's, it's just positivity it's nice seeing people being positive especially at the moment with all the gloom so yeah check it out but thanks for listening if you like this there's loads more episodes you can listen to Please share them. Please subscribe and stay
2: safe and safe. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.